0: Hey, you're listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show with Phil Ayazeta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now your host, Phil Ayazeta. Joining us on the Five Minute Talk Show Hotline is a gentleman who you probably know from that little viral video he did a couple of years ago. And, and let me tell you, he'll be at the Treasure Island Casino this weekend in Vegas. Chad Prather, of course, the guy I'm talking about. If you want tickets, if you can get out to Vegas, 866 712 9308. Chad, before we get into the thick of things and what you're going to be doing and all that stuff, Vegas is going to be a rough place for you because this is not a red state. So I I get in trouble just for expressing my opinion on how I feel. I don't even let people know who I'm voting for. I just see a travesty in front of me and I just speak the truth. I guess people don't want to hear that these days. So you're going to be up against it now in front of 1600 people in a blue state. How are you ready to deal with that?
1: We always have a blast. You know, we were at Treasure Island last year, and you never know when you're going into a place. Sometimes you think that the places you're going are going to be one way or another in terms of how they lean in their beliefs or their politics or whatever. But you, you sometimes get surprised by it, and Vegas has been no different. Folks show up; they they come out and and have a good time. And it's funny you mentioned that because whatever whatever you say that people may disagree with, that's what they gravitate towards, and then they start to identify you as that. i reasonably fair. Yeah, I'm a right leaning conservative comedian that uh, that speaks his mind pretty openly and honestly. And that's kind of become taboo in this day and age. But you know what's funny, Phil, is is my most supportive state that we go to year after year It's California, 15 shows a year in California. It's crazy how folks show up out there. I I don't
0: believe uh, that. I don't believe that. I think you're lying. I I won't even go to California anymore, Chad. I I won't even go to California anymore because of what's going on there. I mean, I I don't like to – Yeah, I don't like to claim that I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I'm an independent, okay? And I'll be honest. I voted for Trump because I wouldn't vote for Satan. So that was the only (laughs) alternative there was for me. And just because of that, people have – argued with me now i don't know as a comedian you know i'm just a radio guy but as a comedian when you speak your opinion and and it could be right or left or whatever just speaking your opinion it used to be you were allowed to do that without getting pigeonholed now right away when they refer to chad prather it's not as a comic chad it's as a right wing conservative comedian why exactly they do that, you know, and, I, and back to your
1: point, you know, back in 2016, I did a video where I said trying to figure out which uh, president to, or which candidate to vote for is like trying to figure out which venereal disease you're most okay living with for the next <laughs> four to eight years, you know. I went into a voting booth, and there was two boxes. One said Hillary Clinton, the other one said not Hillary Clinton, and we wound up with Trump, you know, so here we are. But people, people love labels, and I think the reason they love labels is it, it's, it's like, Imagine, you know, you're going through the clutter in your house and you put stuff in a box and you label that box and you put it on the shelf and you know whether or not you want to deal with, with what's in that box based on the label. And so people, it just helps people simplify their lives. They've gotten so label happy that they, they love to put labels on people and then they don't have to deal with you. There's no sense in listening to you, but I love listening to people with a different opinion. Yep. Uh, you know, I can, I can name several comedians who are out there who are very left-leaning who who I probably wouldn't agree with on many of their politics. You, you take the, uh, Jim Jeffries, for instance. I can laugh at Jim Jeffries when he's, when he's you know, talking about the Second Amendment and how crazy we are as a gun culture in America. And, and I may mean, not agree with the things he says in assessments, but I'm laughing at it because it's comedy at the end of the day. Right. And, and if, you know, if somebody can take something, point to it and, and wrap it in humor, you know, but we've gotten so thin-skinned. You see where, you know, Pete Davidson a couple of weeks ago came out where he's making people sign a million-dollar uh, nondisclosure before they yeah. go into his show. It, because, because, again, you know, free speech in many ways has become hate speech in the last bastion of free
0: speech is is
1: comedy, and no question it's under attack.
0: Oh, it is under attack. And for me and what I do, I mean, for goodness sake, I mean— Handling a couple radio stations that play only comedy on iHeartRadio, you got to hear the comments that I get. How can you play this guy? How can you say, you know, yeah. how can you allow that person on your air? You know, he hates women. You know, it's just like, okay, look, look, it's comedy, people. Okay, they're not going yeah. on and talking about uh, you know the true life story because uh, otherwise, you know, why aren't we tearing apart Hollywood? I mean, if we're gonna if right. we're gonna dissect everything, well, well, geez, every every darn you know. Bruce Bruce Willis movie, not politically correct, you know, Schwarzenegger, All right. oh my, you go, you go down, it's just, it's crazy how it's gotten. But now as a comic, when you're writing, when you're doing material, when you're getting ready for a 1600 person show, does it still enter your mind? Or, or do you just say, look, these people want to have a good time. I'm at the TI, you know, there, some of them might've won a lot of money. Some of them might've lost their kids college savings. So what am I going to do to cheer these people up? I mean, is that your number one concern? You know, just making the people happy when they come out of your show or are you worried a little bit about pissing people off?
1: No, you know, I, I want I to be relatable. And, and at the end of the day, I want to make common sense uh, humorous, something that, you know, makes it an easier pill to swallow because common sense isn't so common anymore. I want people to laugh. I want them to laugh the whole time they're in the show and have a good time and forget about themselves because, let's face it, that's what entertainment's all about, especially comedy. And, when we, you know, comedy, the true essence of comedy is when you take that mirror out and you hold it up in front of somebody's face and they see the, the, the crevices, the wrinkles, the, the flaws, and and that's what you do and it's it's that ability to laugh at the human condition. The problem is people have gotten so sensitive and so easily Uh, such a sense of persecution because we've never been through anything. We're so privileged in this country that to see the flaws is offensive. And that's, I think, how people are reacting to that. So for me, I being just kind of the jackass that I am, I'm like going to hold up a bigger magnifying mirror and say, let's really dig into the crevices here and let's, let's see the dark, deep, dark secrets that let's be honest. You got to admit they're there. They exist. I mean, exist for a reason they're based in fact. And I, and just right up front, I tell people I'm not apologizing. I'm going to make fun of myself, and I'm going to make fun of you. and I'm going to make fun of situations. I'm going to make fun of Donald Trump. I mean, if you're not making fun of Donald Trump. I don't care if you are a conservative. I mean, this, I mean come on. I mean, yes, guys, you've I- got to be making fun of Donald Trump. I mean, the guy's sitting butt naked on the toilet at 3.30 in the morning with his orange Speedo tan line tweeting out stuff,
0: controlling the news. It's funny. And that's what makes America America. I would want people to make fun of the president. You know, do it in good fun. Don't do it maliciously. You know, why can't people make fun? Jerry Nadler is the – he is a walking, breathing elf on a shelf, and nobody's even made fun of this guy. I mean these are characters. These are caricatures of humans. I mean, geez, you look at the TV and you look at some of these guys and you're like, oh really? Is that a real person? And and you just look, it's just, it's very funny. So to me, not making fun of Mitch McConnell is a crime. Not making fun of Donald Trump is a crime. Kamala Harris, it's a crime. These people are hilarious. It's time for Bob Zaney in this week's Zaney Report. It's time for the Zany Report from BobZany.com.
1: In Las Vegas, a mother says she received a $3,000 bill to have a doctor remove a plastic doll shoe stuck in her daughter's nose. In the defense of the doctor, plastic surgery is very expensive. Good news, bad news. Here's the bad news. The FBI says your smart TV is watching you. The good news, even with a thousand channels, your TV can't find something good to watch. And finally, in Camden, New Jersey, a kidney meant for one patient was mistakenly transplanted into another with the same name. Here's the scary part. The patient's
0: name, Kostocki Economopolis. And there you have it, I'm on the Twitter, at Bob Zaney, Zaney Bob on the Instagram. Bay bay. And welcome back to the Five Minute Talk Show. First time I heard about you was with a guy, Cowboy Bill Martin, out at of a, at a Texas. Yeah. And you were torn with a bunch of guys, Steve Mudflat McGrew. And I said, tell me about this guy, Chad Prather. And you know, it was before the viral video. So then once the viral right. video came out, I thought it was hilarious. Because they told me you were from Jersey. And I was like, how is there a cowboy doing a video, unapologetically Southern, from Jersey? I was born right. in Florida. And my whole life, I've been, I've been hearing, well, Florida's not the South. New Jersey's not the South. <laughs> how does, right. how does exactly. this happen, Chad? How can you get away with it? And I never did. Well, the, the, the full story there is, is, in truth, I was conceived in Dallas, Texas, so, so my, my parents did a dirty
1: thing in a horrible place. Uh, being, a, being a Fort Worth guy, I can get away with saying that, but I, I, was, I was born in Jersey and lived the first four months of my life there, and then, of course, I grew up in Georgia, so so I never knew anything except for Georgia, and then until the last 20 years, moving back out, well, out to Texas for the first time. And so you know, I it's funny because someone went in and wrote in Wikipedia that I was born in New Jersey, and that's a fact. I mean, my life went downhill immediately. And uh, but my mother, being a good Georgia girl, she couldn't uh, she couldn't handle it. She couldn't hack it, dude. And they lived. My father was an engineer living right outside the outside the city. My mother said, "No, we can't live here." As soon as my older brother started taking on an accent wanted to play hockey, she was like, hell no, we're out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up in Georgia, went to school, University of Georgia, and, and anybody that listens to me knows that my, my accent's definitely not uh, Jersey Shore. No, but, no but, when I yeah, heard you, when yeah. I heard
0: you talk, I was like, wait a minute, I lived in Jersey for a good portion of the time because New York just got too expensive. I never heard right. anyone talk like you in New Jersey who was born in New Jersey, so I'm glad no, we cleared no. that up because you, you definitely yeah. are off the hook. No, so now yeah in, we have people all the time they say come on man he gets a fake
1: accent he's from jersey you know like oh, who <laughs>
0: tries to fake this <laughs> well there's a couple people, people in an Australian, there's know? a couple people we're not going to name names because they've done very well in the business but chad now yeah. i want to get back to yeah. other stuff get off fake <laughs> accents for a second when you're in georgia yeah, like, texas that background it, is, it was, for me, such a rich culture of comedy. I mean, you talk about Texas. You got guys like yeah. Hicks and Ralphie May who came out of there. Kinison yeah. came out of there. I mean, royalty, really, when you talk about comedy out of the state of Texas. Georgia's- yeah, Bill Hicks. Um, I mean, the list goes on. It's crazy. Who were some of the people when when you were coming up, because, you know, as a comic, you got to do just as much study and people never talk about this, but developing an act, you have to study. Who were some of the guys that you watched that kind of influenced you a little bit? Because I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. Yeah, stylistically, for me,
1: Carlin made a big influence. Uh, just his ability to just go off on an audience uh, I, was always impactful for me. I had to sneak around and watch it; my mother would have died. Uh, and then I ran a needle through the records of Bill Cosby. I loved his storytelling ability. Uh, a great Texan, Bill Hicks. I love I, I love Hicks' uh, unapologetic lean towards politics and, and just the way he would just take on it anything that was, was there culturally that was happening and just didn't apologize to anybody. And then, of course, Robin Williams. Of course, everybody loves Robin Williams, a guy who, you know, his improv of just, just taking an audience and whatever he found in it, found humor in it. So there were a lot of those guys, but then there were writers. There were guys like Louis Brisard, He was, of course, a Georgia uh, humorist and And, uh, you know, folks like that that were very heady, very intellectual in their humor. And so I still to this day consider myself a storyteller or a humorist, not so much a joke teller or a comic. You know, I'm not the guy who came up through the trenches digging his way through the comedy clubs with the hecklers and the drunks and the smoke. I, it's sort of because of the social media thing had a built-in audience. And I don't take that for granted because I've always been a fan of and a student of the, the craft of comedy. And I highly respect the folks who, uh, who have built a career out of that, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of, of doing it. And it's, it's, just a, it's just a huge honor to go out there at a place like Treasure Island and stand on the stage with so many great, performers and voices have been and, and just kind of be in their shadows so to speak it's and, and they, do, they do it in Vegas uh it goes without saying
0: well no you had it right the first time because to say Vegas is one thing but you know you gotta have to give hats off and, and credit to the people at TI because it, it, the last I'd say eight years seven years they have really done an amazing job of getting Good yeah. at comics on that stage, and you know, say what you will, but a guy like Cosby, uh, people, regardless of what your political view is, whoopee Goldberg yeah. on that stage—I mean, they really have delivered. So to play that stage, to be part of that stage view, yeah. you, it's got to really mean something. Especially, you know, let's be honest, Chad—it's not all roses and and rainbow yeah. unicorns. You get a lot of hate, especially because of the way you came up. You talked about it—the social media. Yeah. Why do they resent the fact that hey Chad Prather's headline and Ti in front of seventeen hundred people, and I've been doing this for twenty five years, and you know I can't even get on a stage in in Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah. What do you say to yeah. those comics? I mean, it, it, I know what I say to them, <laughs> but what do you, what do you say to them? Because when I don't play those guys' albums, when I don't play their stuff, and I don't yeah. hear people talking about them, there's your answer. But what do you say to those guys?
1: Well, you know, and I would probably in my deepest heart of hearts, say the same thing that you would say, quite honestly. But I think the correct thing is you look at places like Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you know, there are musicians out there. There are artists that are far more talented than people that are getting a lot of airplay on the radio. Uh, You know, the, the business of show business is not a fair business in that regard. But, you know, I I, one of the things is I hold my work ethic up to, you know, I I didn't get lucky. You know, um, you know, it's like to just reference Bill Martin earlier. You know, Bill has a great saying about, you know, many people said 20 years to be an overnight success. And, you know, we worked hard on the social media. We worked hard on getting ourselves out there. I've got a lawyer friend who said, you're the first guy I ever knew that got famous by pretending to be famous. (laughs) and uh there's an element of there's a huge element of truth there i just said this is where i want to be this is the platform i want and so just go ahead and live as though you're already there and uh you know you you fly into vegas you get up in the morning you go out and do a media junket at 7 6 a.m and and you're you know in eight different radio and tv stations for a show that night and you know a lot of folks aren't willing to do that and uh it's one of those things you just kind of keep throwing it out there into the wind and hoping something grows. And, and sometimes it happens for folks. And I mean, it, trust me, there are far funnier people, far funnier people out there. So it's a very humbling thing for me to be in the position that I'm in today.
0: Well, there's a lot of competition out there and I I wouldn't say far funnier people. I mean, to your audience, you are their guy and I've seen it firsthand. And I mean, that's what I love about comedy. Say what you will about anybody. If they can go out and make a room full of people happy, Who's to say they're funnier than this guy or funnier than that guy? Yeah. accomplished. When yeah. you go out, people leave the room happy. You mention a guy, Cowboy Bill Martin. I love that guy for an organization he started, CowboysWhoCare.org. I was just at a hospital visit two days ago. Uh, what that foundation does, and I want to everyone who who can, who's near a computer, CowboysWhoCare.org. Check it out. Amazing foundation. I think you did some work with those guys too, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was I was on Bill's board for a couple of years, and uh, it just just a fantastic
1: organization. You know, I think to date that Bill's given away probably about nine thousand cowboy hats, maybe even more at this point. Uh, and and a big shout out to Resist All that provides those hats. And uh, you know, his, his big thing is, you know, every kid wants to be a cowboy, and, and none of those kids. You see those precious little bald heads and those in those cancer clinics and in those hospitals, and it's like they'd much rather wear a cowboy hat than, than have to put on that wig or anything else. And, and it's just, you know, we had a couple of rules with that. One was uh, you never refer to gender because you don't know. You're dealing with a bald-headed child. It could be a boy or a girl. Sometimes you make a mistake so it's not he or her. You never ask them, how are you doing? Because we know how you're doing. You're in this hospital with cancer. And then the other thing is you can't cry. You can't cry. I can't tell you how many times we had to excuse ourselves to another room because it was so impactful to being around these kids who are so much stronger than we are, uh, in in these families dealing with this. So Bill Martin's doing a fantastic job with that organization. And I just can't say enough about Cowboys. Let
0: me tell you that last rule I broke so many times and I just, I can't control it because when I see those kids for six years now, I've every time he actually, this was the seventh year, he, He mentions anything. I'm there. I mean, it's just that is such a beautiful thing. And I wanted to thank you because, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of comics who come through who are part of that genre. You know, what does it take? An hour, two hours to go out, just help out. And just to know that you did that. You are forever okay in my book, Chad I mean, that is That is is one of the greatest foundations out there NFR Rodeo Week What a great time I cannot wait to get down there The Strip is rocking I mean, have you ever seen it like this? NFR is crazy this year it's crazy. I feel like i found my tribe, like
1: the <laughs> Amazonians or something, you know, you come into Vegas, these, these, what, 10, 13 days of, of NFR. It's just a tree like, of cowboy hats and redneck, and we're proud to own it. And just, we're just, you know, I look, I had to get out of Georgia because I had to escape the family business of mess. And I found my home in, you know, in the cowboy world and, and you use, man. I'm telling you. I, I got a cousin that got arrested at a cockfight for selling chicken salad sandwiches. Uh, i a food license. <laughs> I, come from a, I come from a family tree that was actually a brush pile. So this cowboy culture out here, man, I love it. These folks, they, 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 they're big folks.
0: Chad, thank you so much for the time. You're definitely, sir. Appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5 com.
1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mick Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest.